nature and the new nature. And I've had people ask me, thank you guys. Why were you so quiet today? Why were you so quiet today? Oh, <laughs> he's Julian. So we're Christians and we're battling two natures. Say the old nature and the new nature. And I've had people ask me, I've given my heart to the Lord, Pastor, why am I battling? Because you're battling the old nature. You've taken on a new nature. But that old nature wants to carry you and wants to get stuck in every now and again. That's why we're battling. The conflict is over the old nature and the new nature. And when we were born again, we took on the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? I think if we remember that, and if we can understand that, we wouldn't have the battle that some of us are having. If we understand that we have the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Turn to the next person that side and say, you've got that nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we also have a conflict between two minds. The carnal mind and a renewed mind. I ministered a message once on the carnal mind. And I've had somebody in this auditorium keep on saying to me, but that is the carnal mind. Hallelujah, and you know who you are. But there is a battle going on between that carnal mind and the renewed mind. You can be a Christian on your way to heaven, but you can struggle all the way. Or you can't struggle all the way if you take on what I'm saying today. Amen. You have a new mind. You have a renewed mind. Amen. Men and women and children. Guys, I'm so proud of you guys. So proud of you guys. But I'm so sorry to be losing you. Can't have it both ways, Liz. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So our mind was unrenewed, but now our mind is renewed. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Who else here has the mind of Christ? Hallelujah. The person that's always telling me about the carnal mind was the first one up. Hallelujah. She understood that message, or he understood that message. If you have two dogs that are in a fight, which one will win? The one who is the strongest. And you know, it's the same with us. When will we win? When we are strong in the Lord. But we take on other things, and we don't need to take on these other things. We have to fight what's coming our way. Amen? Today we'll talk about two or three principles, and that'll be it. James 1.12 says, Blessed, happy, to be envied is the man and the woman and the youth who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. 
For when he or she or youth have stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We have seen in the last two teachings that temptation draws you away from God, away from the church, away from the word. That's why people leave churches, because they've been tempted, they've been tried, and they don't know how to fight it, so they walk away, never to be seen again. I was at a, a conference last weekend, and some of the pastors and myself were talking about this. Why is it that people are leaving churches saying, I love the Lord, I'm born again, but don't give me church? Well, I'm telling you something the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. The verse above says, if we learn to stand up under temptation, there is a reward. We get the victor's crown. Amen? Hebrews 10, 35. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious reward. Verse 36 says, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. And I want you to read you that in the message. It says, so don't throw it all away. You were sure of yourselves then, and it's still a sure thing, but you need to stick it out. Hi, guys. You need to stick it out. Don't worry, it's only the children and my grandson. You need to stick it out, and people aren't sticking out. They find that life is hard. They find that living life is hard, even although they're born again, and they walk away. They walk away from it all. Stick it out. I put up on Facebook yesterday a thing on the Navy SEALs. Who saw that? Go and see it. Go and look at my... I was going to put it up today and let you watch it. I know a Navy SEAL, personally, in America. And this Navy SEAL, they, their training is so intense that when he left the Navy, he hit hard times. But because of his training... Because of the training that he went through and he endured, and it's massive training to become a Navy SEAL, he never ever stood back and said, I can't do it. My life is a mess. He just went in there and he fought it and he fought it and he got on television. He did all sorts of amazing things because he didn't sit back when he hit a hard time. Amen? Don't sit back. Don't throw it all away and stick it out. And the rest of that verse says, staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. Don't cast away your faith when the battle comes because that's what happens. And if your faith is strong, you will stand. I've watched a family stand. I've watched lots of families stand because their faith is strong and not give in because the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And you know what? We will hit hard times. Life is difficult. You look what's going on in the world at the moment. It's not easy. 
But I tell you what, God is in control. And if you stand strong in your faith, you won't move. Hallelujah. There's a victor's crown. There's a blessing attached to this life. And if you have done all to stand, don't you guys know what the word of God says? If you've done all to stand, hallelujah. You know what? If people sleep in my message, I go down there and push them off a chair. So just realize that. Blessed. That word is happy to be envied if we endure under temptation in this life and the next life. You know what? I want to be in the inner courts of heaven. I don't want to be so far out. I used to say to my husband, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to be in that little inner court just where Jesus is. You're so good. He says, where are you going to be? I said, I'm working on it. Hallelujah. Glory. But I want to be on those inner courts. I don't want to be so far out. I want to be known. I want to be remembered for what I've done here. Amen. Glory. There's an old expression, and I've used this expression many times, and it's not biblical. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. It sounds good, but it's unbiblical. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 2, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Keep your mind on the higher things, what we've got to look forward to. You know what? I put on, on the prayer team last night, a dear, dear friend of mine in America is fighting for his life at the moment. And you know what? We just don't look at what we're looking at. We say, God, your word is true. And you just stand on that word. And you stand in faith for others that you know around about you. Don't give in. Don't ever, ever give in. Amen? 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 says, So don't make any hasty or premature judgments before the time. When the Lord comes again, for he will both bring to light the secret things that are now hidden in darkness and disclose and expose the secret aims, motives, and purposes of hearts, then every man will receive his due con commendation, and that's official praise from God. Don't give in because you don't understand those secret things that belong to God. There are so many things that I don't understand. And you ask and you know that you're not going to get the answer until one day when you're up there. And you know, don't, that's when people give in, when they don't understand. And I say to everybody, once you walk, I believe it with all my heart, once you walk over that threshold of heaven, it'll all become clear. It'll all become clear. But the problem is, people are not understanding down here. And they give up. They give up. And they give in to temptation. Don't struggle and get defeated. Romans 8 verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh, which is the sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit is death. 
death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here, hereafter, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. Verse 7 says, that is because the mind of the flesh, which is carnal, thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So when we renew our minds to Christ, it produces happiness. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> it produces joy. And it produces life. I want happiness. I want joy. I want life. But as long as I'm hanging in there to the things that I don't understand and not walk that faith walk, I'm not going to have happiness. Who understands that? Amen. Hallelujah. We have to renew our minds. And that's why, as born-again believers, we need to respond the right way when temptation comes. James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, and that's not if you are tempted, it says when you are tempted, so you're going to be tempted. Don't walk out of here today and say, I'm not going to be tempted. I'm a born-again believer. The Bible says, when you are tempted, don't say, I am tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Remember that scripture. He himself tempts no one. So it tells you who the tempter is. Who is the tempter? Who? Are you all asleep here today? Stand up. Turn around. Sit down. Then pinch the person next to you. Somebody did it. So it's the devil that's tempting you. Hallelujah. There's some things that God can't do. He can't lie and he can't tempt. Amen? James 1.14, but every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desire, his lusts and his passions. So how does temptation come? By thoughts and evil desires. By thoughts and evil desires. By thoughts and evil desires. Don't consider any thought from the devil. You know, I often used to look. We had a, 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 a tall building there the, the, that they took down. It was right there. And there were so many people that went up the top of there and jumped off and killed themselves. Pastor Lucy and I one day were holding a, a, a girl there until the police came. And, and we got her, her off there. But I tell you what, neither one of us could, could feel our, our arms or that afterwards. We'd held on so tight. And you know, I've often thought of that. And I thought, you know what, as Christians, if we held on to the word of God so tight like that, we would not die. We would not do what, we, what we've been tempted to do. And if some of them up there, when that, that voice said to them, Jump, said to that voice, you jump. 
I'm not going to jump. They wouldn't be dead today either. You see, we've got to fight this when it comes. And it comes to all of us. Hallelujah. So, James 1.14, but every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desires. Hallelujah. You must resist that desire. You must resist when that voice tells you to do things that you have battled with so long and you are fighting it. Resist it. Don't give it another thought. Proverbs 4.14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Hallelujah. Avoid it. Do not turn on it. Turn from it and pass on. You are watching the things on television. You want to know why I brought this. The first one on temptation, I, put, I, I brought five Krispy Kreme donuts in a bag and threw them out. And if you were on a diet, it wouldn't hurt you if you kept the bag closed. But as Pastor Wisdom did, he opened the bag and ate it. He's not here today, so I hope you're listening, Pastor Wisdom. That was for you. Hallelujah, he's on holiday. So today, I decided, just because so many people have remembered that bag, do not open the bag. And today, I thought, if you're watching something on television and you say, I've heard it. Gosh, I've heard it. It was on television, Pastor. I just couldn't miss it. You have a remote. Change the channel. Don't watch it and then watch it again and then watch it. Until, ah, I just couldn't help it. It was on the program that I was watching. Change the channel. Just change the channel. Hallelujah. If you're having problems with alcohol, you say, I went shopping in Tesco, Pastor, and I went down that aisle where there's just bottles and bottles and bottles of alcohol. And I was just so tempted, and I got into such a state, I just took a bottle. Change the channel. Go the other way. Don't go that way. Come on, there's, there's ways and there's means of doing this. Change the channel. Don't go that way. You're battling with pornography. You've got to watch it somewhere. Change that channel. Every time you hold this remote, just think about changing the channel. Don't give me the excuses it was on the television. Switch it off or change the channel. There's a kid's channel somewhere on television. <laughs> Hallelujah. Change that channel. Don't take wicked... Don't, the, the, message in, the, the message for Proverbs 4.14 says, don't take wicked bypass. Don't so much as set foot on that road. Don't take it. Don't so much as set foot on the road. I'm pushing my trolley. Oh, oh, I'm battling with this. Yes, I'd like a drink. I'll just go and see what bottles are there. Don't do it. Hallelujah. It says don't set foot on that road. Stay clear of it. Give it a wide berth. Make a detour 
and be on your way. Make a detour and be on your way. Bible says control those evil desires. The devil won't tempt us where there's no desire. The tempter won't tempt us in areas where we have no desire. I mean, I have no desire to go in and rob the cafe up the road. I haven't got a desire to do that. But I might have a desire to go in there and buy chocolate when I shouldn't. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10.13 in the Amplified says, For no temptation, <coughs> no trial, regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, <coughs> no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. And that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. And such as man can bear, but God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed anyone beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always, say always, always also provide the way out, the means of escape to our landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. He tells us three things to remember when you are tempted. Remind yourself that God is faithful. He'll never stop loving you. He'll never give up on you. God will never give up on you. Don't ever give up on anybody because God will not give up on you. Number two, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. God is not the tempter, the devil is. God draws the line in the sand. Amen? Um, where's number three? Number three, God will make a way of escape. In Hebrews 13, 21, it says, this is the prayer that God will strengthen you. He'll complete you. And our Heavenly Father will make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will. While he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever to the ages of the ages. Amen and so be it. This is a prayer that you pray. Put it in your notebook, youth. Hebrews 13, 21. It's a prayer that you pray. God, complete me. Make me perfect and make me what I ought to be. Make me what I ought to be. Accomplish in me all which is pleasing in your sight. God, make the person you want me to be, and God, strengthen me. If you're battling in any area, take this prayer and pray it daily. Amen? So Hebrews 13, 21 is a prayer for you to personalize and pray. If you want to overcome temptation, you ask God to work in you, and that's Philippians 2, 13. You say it. You say 
Philippians 2.13. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So to personalize it, I put it here. God, according to Philippians 2.13, God is not my own strength, but in, it is in you. God who is all the while at work, God works with your words. It is you, Father, who is energizing and creating in me the power and desire both to will and to work for your good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God works with your words, but the devil also works with your words. It's important that when you're going through a battle that you keep your words right. Otherwise, you cancel your prayers. You know, you pray, oh, God, do this for me. And then you say, oh, I know God will never do it. You cancel those prayers. So keep those words sweet. Personalize that scripture. James 3, verse 3 to 5 in the message says, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth, and this is the Bible, not me. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. A word out of your mouth can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. We have to watch what we say. You can control your body with that piece of, as my husband used to say, and I used to hate it, that little piece of meat under your nose. Hallelujah. You pray, you say it, and then you thank God for what it is. Thank God for that job that you're believing God for. Thank God that he takes all that temptation away from you. Thank God that he strengthened you 100% that you don't fall into that temptation. When, as I say, we're not perfect beings. This is not a perfect church, but praise God we serve a perfect God. Amen? And he'll do it. We serve that perfect God. Turn to the one next to you and say, he's so perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank him for working in you. Say, thank you, God, for working in me. What is he working in me? I, I say this often. I battled with patience. And when you're dealing with people, you have to have patience. And I just had to keep on thanking God for working in me that patience. Amen? That was a big thing that I battled with when I first went into ministry. Philippians 2.13 tells us he is at work, energizing, creating in you the power and the desire. He is changing your desires. Delight yourself in the Lord. Take this word and read it in the morning. Even if it's just one scripture, just one of these scriptures that I've read today, take it and read it because then he'll change your desires. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand, stand, let's say this. 
<coughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you can come up, Ben. Hallelujah. I'll put this up somewhere so that you can write it down and say it every day. Because every day of your life, you should be saying this out. Hallelujah. God is working in me. God is working in me. He is changing my desire. No longer the old man rules. But the new man rules. No longer the old thinking. But the new thinking. God is changing wrong desires for godly desires. God is changing wrong desires for godly desires. Hallelujah. Say this, God is working in me. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is working in you. Turn to the person on the other side and say, God is working in me. Right, every second row, look to me. Every other row, go back and say, God is working in me. Hallelujah. Who believes that? Who believes this morning that God is working in you? Amen. Who doesn't believe it? <laughs> Praise God. God is working in me. God is working in you. God is working in each and every one of us because he's got to. He's got to in the days that we're living. He's got to be doing that work. I know he's doing that work. How do you know that? Because I've read the Bible. And the Bible says, my most, one of my most favorite scriptures is, whatever I ask, in Mark, whatever I ask, believing, I will receive. I've stood on that scripture for 37 years. And I believe it with all my heart. And the things that I don't understand one day, I'll get the answer to. Yes. 